0: Um, the, uh, Philadelphia Holocaust Remembrance Foundation dedicated to educating the public about the universal lessons of the Holocaust had their opening of the Horowitz Wasserman Holocaust Memorial Plaza back in October, the long awaited expansion to the existing public plaza surrounding the monument to 6 million at 16th street and Benjamin Franklin Parkway in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as many of you know, the, uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day, International Holocaust Remembrance Day is coming up next week, and with us live via telephone is um, the acting director of the Philadelphia Holocaust Remembrance Foundation, that's Esther Kutash, who's with us on our phone line. Esther, shalom, welcome to JM in the AM.
1: Shalom. Uh, Good morning. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, Tell me about the event back in October, uh, the opening, and uh, why this is such an important thing for the city of Philadelphia.
1: Uh, Thanks so much for having me again. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, We opened the uh, Holocaust Memorial Plaza to the public in 2019 on October 22nd in a uh, ceremony that was attended by over 400 people. Uh, It's uh, been uh, a project uh, in the making uh, for well over a decade. But the story of the plaza itself uh, goes back um, much longer than that. In uh, 1960 a group of Holocaust survivors together with uh, Jewish civic leaders in the city of Philadelphia uh, got together to think about uh, how to uh, memorialize the Holocaust. And at the time, um, there were no uh, public Holocaust memorials uh, in North America whatsoever. And uh, this group of people decided to commission a sculptor by the name of Nathan Rappaport, who himself was a Holocaust survivor from Poland, uh, to uh, create a monument that would memorialize the Holocaust. So then in a public ceremony in April in 1964 uh the monument was erected uh, at the head of the Benjamin Franklin Parkway and uh it was a beautiful very solemn uh, ceremony uh that was uh, attended by many uh, many people uh and uh, since then the site has served as uh, the first uh, public holocaust uh, memorial in the United States uh but uh, beyond the annual Yom HaShoah events um, there wasn't much activity in this site, in this public park. So in the early 2000s, um, the second or third generation uh, of the original group uh, and many new um, uh, people in the Jewish uh, community got together to think about how to uh, reactivate uh, this site around the new monument. And uh, sorry, uh, the site around the monument. So um, uh, there was a lot of planning and um, community meetings, and uh, at the end, they landed on. Uh, updating the park entirely and uh, bringing in a lot of new features to the site uh, surrounding the original monument. And uh, the October event that we were referring to was this public opening of the new park.
0: All right, so what can people find there? I mean, the the Rappaport, uh, as you say, the Rappaport statue, sculpture, is well-known, and it's a very, it's an important piece of information, by the way, the Philadelphia is the first place in the United States to actually acknowledge the Holocaust with a public exhibit. That's something I didn't realize. And now, yeah. now with the proliferation of Holocaust museums and memorials, everyone takes that for granted. That's interesting to know about the Philadelphia Jewish community. They went ahead and spearheaded that effort. So what, what will people see today, especially now? A lot of people are on vacation today, traveling to different places, including Philadelphia. What will people see when they visit that memorial area?
1: Uh, sure. So uh, it has a new, uh, numerous new symbolic features. So uh, one that I would like to highlight is the six pillars. So six pillars were obviously erected to memorialize the six million Jewish victims of the Holocaust. Uh, these pillars uh, are um, All have texts on them. A lot of them historic texts, and uh, each of the pillar has two sides. So altogether, there is six pairs uh, of pillars that are presented, and uh, these texts on them juxtaposes American constitutional values uh, and protections with what happened in the Holocaust to show how systematically uh, the persecution happened. Because as we all know, we didn't start with concentration camps. That's how we ended. So. You would see uh, quotes from the Constitution um, uh, and uh, from the Declaration of Independence uh, juxtaposed, for example, with the Nuremberg Laws, Uh, or you would see quotes from um, uh, people who uh, first-hand witnessed the liberation of the camps. Uh, So throughout these six pairs, uh, you you kind of uh, see uh, the war and, again, the persecution unfolding. And... uh, Contrasting with that is uh, um, all the texts from um, uh, from our, you know, um, American life, um, and um, Philadelphia is a key feature in that as a birthplace of democracy. So our goal with these six pillars, and these contrasts, are, are to underscore that as long as uh, we Americans stay. stay- True to these values and protections, then a holocaust like uh, that of what happened in Europe could not happen here. So the uh, the Six Pillars are definitely one of the key centerpieces of the plaza. There is also... A new tree planted at the site, uh, which is an original um, sapling from the Theresienstadt camp. I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but um, during the war, children planted a silver maple tree in uh, Theresienstadt. they um, nurtured it and uh, g- gave them the very uh, little water that they had. And the, uh, this uh, small sapling at the time uh, took on and, uh, and really started to grow. And the children wrote poems about it, made some paintings about it, and some of these uh, pieces have survived the war. And uh, as the war progressed, uh, these children were, uh, started to be transferred uh, to Auschwitz, where they later Perished. Uh, so the children uh, understood that the tree may live, but they won't. Uh, and as it did happen, uh, unfortunately, very few children survived uh, the Theresienstadt ghetto and camp, and uh, almost all the children uh, were transported to Auschwitz, where they later were uh, killed. Uh, uh, the tree survived, and its um, saplings—the original tree saplings—can be found in a, a few places uh, throughout the world, and. And now Philadelphia is lucky to have this uh, original iconic tree sapling uh, be at this site. Uh, so, obviously, uh, the message around that, which is uh, the story of the trees shared uh, at the site, and the message that we're trying to underscore here is that our, our most treasured um, assets in, in the world are our children, and uh, we need to create environments uh, that fosters hope for the future.
0: Unreal. Uh, information about all of this, philaholocaustmemorial.org. That's the Philadelphia. That's correct. Right, that's the Philadelphia Holocaust Remembrance Foundation. Again, that's philaholocaustmemorial dot org. Those of you who are traveling now during your shiva break and you're spending time in Philadelphia, as a lot of our New Yorkers and New Jerseyans uh, do, uh, you should put this on the list and make sure to stop by. I assume this is open to the public round the clock, basically. Correct?
1: Yes, it is absolutely. Uh, and again, for every, every single day.
0: And again, for any information, philaholocaustmemorial dot org in Philadelphia, the very first city to acknowledge. Uh, with a memorial of the Holocaust of the 6 million. Esther, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Sure. There is another key feature that I wanted to share with you. We also embedded into the paving of the plaza um, original train tracks uh, that were leading to the death camp of Treblinka. So there we uh, are... teaching the lessons of the uh, mass deportations that had happened, as well as uh, what life uh, was like in concentration camps. Uh, So beyond these physical reminders of the past, Uh, We also uh, partnered with the USC Shoah Foundation in the development of an app called uh, the iWalk app. And what we are doing here uh, with the iWalk app is that when visitors come to this site and are standing by these physical uh, symbolic features of the site, they will be uh, able to access content relating to this site and listen to survivor testimonies that are related to these elements. So when you are standing, by these train tracks, for example, then you can... see content that is about the deportations to increase your overall knowledge about the holocaust but you can also see testimonies that are about the deportations and what happened in those train rides and what happened later on at the camps so by connecting the physical elements of the site with the with the survivor testimonies we are trying to increase everyone's um uh, level of understanding of the holocaust but also to uh, to add that human touch that uh, that is very, very important to increase everyone's empathy and critical thinking about what has happened in the
0: past. Amazing job. Esther Kutosh, the Acting Director of the Philadelphia Holocaust Remembrance Foundation. Information, you can go to the website, philaholocaustmemorial.org. Thank you so much for joining us and for spearheading and being one of the people to spearhead this project. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Much appreciated. More coming up. It is a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM as we continue here at the Nahum Siegel Network.